Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cause I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Yeah, I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Listen to Iron Maiden, baby, with me. Ooh. Hello! This is the Relunchables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, proudly part of the Believe Podcast Network. And each episode will be covering 90s, 2000s, film, TV, and pop culture. I am not alone. Each episode, I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. Thank you to Weedis for the intro music. We're back. Hello, 2021. I thought we'd have this long hiatus, but you know what? We are back producing more content for all of you out there. And we're going to start the new year in a kind of reverse order, normally we record an episode about a movie, recapping it, talking about the significance of it, and then having on a guest from that movie. We're going to do things in reverse to start the new year. So our next movie recap is going to come out next week, and that's going to be Double Teamed, one of my favorite Disney Channel original movies about actual sisters Heidi and Heather Burge, who ultimately made it to the WNBA. This is one of the more outrageous ones, one of my personal favorites. So we're going to be breaking that down next week. But this week, we have on one of the stars of Double Teamed, Iari Limon. You may not recognize her exactly, but you'll place her from the movie. She also had a very prominent role in the series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's had a very long career. She was an absolute delight to speak to. So I want to go right into the interview. But if you're looking for the recap of Double Teamed, that's going to be coming out next week. So let's get right into it. Oh yeah, just wanted to include one brief note about this episode, this interview with Iari Limon. This was recorded like way back way back during quarantine. So anything we say about future stuff or what's going on in the world right now, although not a lot has changed since March or May of last year, this was one of the first interviews I conducted. And unfortunately, I wanted to kind of plan this around actually getting either the actresses who played Heather and Heidi Burge or the actual Heather and Heidi Burge to come on the podcast. And again, that didn't work out. So I kind of pushed this release for (laughs) way too long. So again, I think the content really does hold up. But if there are any extraneous, you know, what's going to happen in the election, anything that happens that's talking about future stuff, this was recorded in May of last year. So just keep that in mind as you listen. Uh, we are now joined by one of the stars of Double Teamed, Iari Limon, <laughs> who played the role of uh, Zoe Gold. Iari, thank you so much for coming on the Lunchables podcast. Of course. It's my pleasure. I love that you say one of the stars. It kind of made me feel so starish. <laughs> my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. I hope I didn't butcher the pronunciation of your name or anything, right? 
Not at all. You did very well. And you know, I didn't even like, we didn't even work on it together. So I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Normally we work on it beforehand and people ask me, how do I say your name? So I don't butcher it. But you did very well. So congrats. <laughs> Definitely not, a, not an easy name to have grown up with, <laughs> but yeah. How is your quarantine going? How are you doing as we approach? I don't even know what week it is. Month three of this. I, you're, I, I've lost track of time too. It's, you know, we're making the best of it. Um, I think everyone has their own things they're dealing with, their own journey on this, and not everyone is as lucky, and I understand that. Um, but, you know, we, it's, it hasn't been so bad because we have a, a space in the back for the kids to kind of let out some energy and and a pool and I, mean, I didn't grow up with a pool. So I always dreamt of having a pool and I finally have a pool and I'm like, Oh, well my kids can enjoy, can enjoy the pool. I'm now I don't care so much for the pool, but they do, which is great. And, um, you know, it's been very, it's been peaceful. It's, I mean, of course I'd love to be working and I love the kids to be at school and whatnot, but you just kind of make the best of what, of what life throws at you. And, um, I can't, I can't complain too much. It could be, you know, I know there's many families out there that don't have it so easy. Many people struggling with many, many different issues and, and obstacles that they've come across due to this. So I can't be one to complain. I, I have to be grateful for, for what we have in our health and having a roof over our heads and, you know, food on the table and being, overall well so thank you for asking <laughs> yeah i think there's a greater appreciation for teachers right now especially with everyone having their kids home and having to learn like third grade math again it's a crazy time tell me about it i thought i could be a teacher and now i'm like hell no i have no patience <laughs> my hat's off to teachers i mean i and i think that's like i said good things come out of it you know there's always something good coming out of every tragedy or whatever. But um, I think this will give everyone a better appreciation of teachers for sure. And I think that that's needed because I don't think yeah. most people appreciate or realize, you know, how the impact that teachers have and the work that they go, you know, just what being a teacher is, everything that it entails. And, and I hope that everyone can appreciate them a lot more. Oh, and definitely. And they can get paid better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <You know? laughs> Uh, before we get into double teamed, I want to kind of go all the way back. And how did you get started acting? I understand that you moved to the U.S. at a very young age. Yes, I moved when before I even turned one. Actually, you know, it was something that I think I was I was really born with. When I was just learning to walk and talk, I would stand in front of my mirror, one of those big closet mirrors. I would create different characters. I would talk back to them, and I'd have like imaginary friends with accents. And I don't know where I got all that stuff out. I had a best friend named Mark Taw when I was about <laughs> a year and a half. Wasn't Martha? It was Mark Taw, and you had to say it like that. So from very early on, I knew I wanted to perform and just, you know, I, I, I begged my parents every year for Christmas, every year for my birthday, like, I, I want to act, I want to, but I think my parents being immigrants, it was not real for them. You know, they had like a, a different vision for me. Um, I think they really wanted me to do something more promising, like study some normal, you know, have a normal career, like well, what's normal, right? But like, they wanted me to go to law school or be a doctor or be something more. And I was just kind of ignored my whole life. And, um, and I was, I was taken to piano lessons, which I, I never cared for. <laughs> I wanted to dance and do gymnastics and perform. But when I was about 16, I heard a commercial on the radio. 
And it was one of those cheesy commercials of like, you want to be an actor, you want to be a model, call Beverly Hills Studios. So me, it was like, oh, I'm calling, where's the phone? <laughs> and so I called this number and I made an appointment and I went and of course it was like this school, very expensive school, but I mean, it's, I didn't know any other way. So um, I didn't have the money, it was, you know, and, but, but my dad said, it's okay, we'll help you, which was strange to me that he offered to help. So I enrolled in this acting class, like a commercial acting class. And every weekend, I actually haven't told this story in a really long time. Uh, every weekend, my friend, my best friend had a huge avocado tree. So we would cut avocados from her tree. And she used to sell at, at the swap meet, at the local swap meet. So we would take these avocados on our weekend and sell them two for a dollar, I remember, and sell these avocados. And that's how I made, I paid for half of my course. It was like, it was like a $1,600 course and I paid, you know, half or more of that. So I paid for my own acting classes or my commercial acting classes. And this opportunity came up for these agents to come and see you. So I was like, oh, this is my chance. And I auditioned to get into showcase and I got into the showcase and I had my commercial copy that I was ready to show all these agents. And I stuck myself in the elevator because there was no privacy. There was so many people, it was 68 of us in the showcase. And I stuck myself in the elevator for four hours making sure that I was going to nail this piece of commercial copy. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I went in, I did my thing. I, I got several uh, interests from seven out of eight agencies at that time. But I, did, I had no idea what I was doing. Suddenly, I signed with an agent. I started going on pilot auditions. I didn't know what a pilot audition was. Like, it took me a couple years to kind of learn what I was doing in the business. And even then, it was, it was you know, not to like, you know, talk, my, talk bad about my mom or anything. I mean, she's a very different person now, but she would tell me things like, why, why do you bother going? Like, you're never going to get anything. Like what you need to do something else. And they would crush me because it had been like a year since I had my agent and I hadn't had a single nothing. <laughs> and she had to drive me cause I was young. So every time I'd get a page, cause you know, it's the time of pagers. <laughs> you probably don't know. <laughs> I would, uh, I have an audition. I have an audition. And she'd like, Oh, okay but you know and I just kind of just kept going I think it's like something I knew I wanted to do my whole life and I just didn't let people in high school would would make fun of me um oh you're too into that and it was like why do I have all this like this like current that's going against me as opposed to for me but I just kept going and you know eventually I started working and and I loved it and I said oh yeah I want to do this and and I just kept going. So, you know, yeah, these commercial acting classes in Beverly Hills when I was 16 years old that I sold avocados for is what actually got me my first agent. My first agent, yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> you could have definitely sold those avocados for more than two for a dollar though. Avocados are not now, cheap. Now, <laughs> I know, you're telling me, you know, I hate when my avocados go bad. That's like, mm. So lately I, I found a trick, like I'll, I'll put them in the refrigerator and I'll seal them up real good and I'll start taking them out as they start using them. In this past couple of weeks, we haven't had a single avocado go bad. And <laughs> I love that because avocados, they're expensive and they're delicious and you definitely don't want them to go bad. No, yeah, I could probably not. sell them for more now. This was back then. Plus it was a swap meet. You always want to get, you know, things cheaper at a swap meet, I think. I haven't been to one probably in like 15 years. <laughs> but yeah, that's my story. No, that's incredible. And that's, it takes a lot of fortitude to do that because we have a lot of actors come on the podcast and they talk about how it was really their parents that got them into it, driving them to auditions mm. and getting them in at a young age into commercials and modeling. 
It seems like the exact mm. opposite for you was really your conviction and wanting to do this. Yes, I, I persevered. I really, I really did. Um, it's my, I think it's my strong personality, uh, my rebellious personality of like when I want something and I know that I want that thing and it's not going to hurt anybody in any way, why would I not? you know, keep trying to get that thing, even against, you know, my parents' wishes. And my dad begged me to go to university and I just didn't feel it. I'd never went, I didn't go to college. I mean, I got an associate's degree, but I didn't get like a bachelor's. I didn't really know what I, I didn't even know that schools like Juilliard existed. I had no clue. I was not educated. You know, the, the junior college I went to, they never mentioned anything to me. The counselors there, the you know, I told him what I wanted and I, and I just, back then there was not really like internet or you kind of had to go to your school counselor and ask them for advice. And even then I wasn't really given like the right advice. And it wasn't until I was like 26 that I realized, you know, God, I could have gone to an art school. Like what the hell? Again, my parents are immigrants. So the fact that I even went to school was like probably a big step forward, you know, and they didn't speak the language. Like, so, um, so yeah, I think my, I, yeah. So I try to, to, to be different with my kids. I try to, you know, support them in anything that they want to do without overwhelming them because, because I felt like I never really, you know, um, did anything I wanted to when I was young. I wanted, I want, I, I think I overloaded my daughter and I made her do everything <laughs> because I didn't get it. So she's done it all, you know, but I've never, I've never forced her. Like it's all, been like, do you want to do this? Yes. Great. Let's do it. Do you want to do this? Yeah. It's like, I'm living, you know, through her, but, uh, without pressuring her in, in any way, I hope that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and now, I mean, she did a lot of acting herself. She did a lot of, you know, voiceovers and a dozen commercials. And now she's like a preteen. She's like, I think I want to go into the medical field, maybe do autopsies. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> you are definitely not my daughter. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if that's what she wants to do, she finds the body fascinating and, and all that. So I'm like, whatever, to each their own. So it's really, really important to really support your kids and encourage them to follow what they want. Because, you know, I mean, I don't think there's anything worse than you becoming something that you really didn't want to do. You know, you, you, yeah, I, I went to a law school because my father was a, a lawyer and it was kind of like the thing to do. And I just, I don't think you can ever really be happy. So. So yeah, my personality <laughs> has to do with personality. Cause I know some kids would be like, okay, and just kind of do what their parents say. Um, I don't think my kids are like that either, which is, it's just a good thing, <laughs> but yeah. Do you find it as, do you find it as a coincidence that your, you know, your family moves to Los Angeles? Do you think if you had gone to Florida or Texas, would you still have that bug for being an actor going into the arts? Or do you think it was just kind of a circumstance that you were, you know, raised in LA, the perfect opportunity for this? I think that's an excellent question. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, had I, I think I was born with that. I don't think it doesn't matter where I would have grown up. I would have found a way I would have pursued it wherever I was. I, I think that, and I'm actually very lucky that I was born and raised when I wasn't born in LA, but that we were brought to LA. It was all, it was all accidental in fact, but interestingly, my parents tried to raise me the way they were raised in a very different uh, environment, you know, and with the different, different, uh, morals and values that people had here, as opposed to what my parents grew up with in Mexico. And that was not easy for me as well. So I would ask them a question of like, why are we here? If you want to raise me the way they raised you in Mexico. And, and then I, I go to find out that it was all like a big accident. We came here, you know, on a visa and everything was well, but I guess we came here to visit my aunt. <laughs> 
then, and then my parents had this big fight. And then um, my mom said, I'm not coming back. And so <laughs> my dad's like, well, I'm going to come get you. So he came to the States to take us back. But then we ended up staying at his sister's house who, who had married an American many, many, many years ago. So they, you know, my, my cousins were like half American and half Mexican and we stayed with them, but we ended up staying longer than I guess was expected. And eventually we kind of just transitioned our life here. It was just this big, but I honestly feel that it was meant to be like, I can't imagine having grown up anywhere else. Although I did go back and forth when I was five, when I was six, I, I did first grade in Mexico. And when I was 12, I did junior high, one year of junior high. And when I was 16, I did, or 15, I did one year of high school. So I had the both experiences of living in a small town in Mexico and going to school out there. I went to Catholic schools. I went to, you know, um, public schools. I went to continuation schools when I came back from Mexico because like I was so behind that I couldn't catch up and I was really rebellious anyway. And I was not like, I didn't like school at all. So, you know, I, I've had my share of, of, of all of that, which I think, you know, has enriched my life and, and possibly what I can bring to the screen because of everything I've lived. And I think had I grown up anywhere, that's just a part of who I am. I, I want to live life. I want to explore. I want to go on different journeys. I want to play different characters with different histories and lives. And so I don't know that it was a coincidence. I think somehow, maybe before I was born, I might have planned it all. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you know, but uh, it definitely is my home, LA. Um, I think it was, it was destined to be here. Because mind you, if I had pursued it on my own, I probably would have had to have been an adult and then found a way to move myself wherever I can follow that dream of mine. Whereas I, I, I could start a little earlier because I just had to drive out, you know, 45 minutes, an hour to LA because I grew up more in Orange County um, to go to the audition. It, it just became more practical, more easy to achieve. Where if I hadn't lived here, I would have definitely still pursued it, but much later when I, I would have been one of those that moved from somewhere to LA. Um, but it was definitely my dream to be a kid actor and that didn't happen. So, and I mean, eventually I, I was working, but it took a long time. <laughs> definitely have to want it. I think to keep, you know, persevering. Oh, definitely. I was just going to ask, how did you manage going back and forth between the States and Mexico, jumping in and out of different schools, different languages? That seems a lot for, you know, a young kid to handle. Like I said, I think because of my personality, it doesn't, it's not so hard to handle. I love the adventure of it all. Um, it just, again, it was all coincidental. Like we went to Mexico when I was five for, for the summer and decided, hey, let's stay here for a year. And so we did that. And the same thing was when I was 11. We went for the summer and I said, I think I want to go to school with my cousins. So my mom, I stayed out there with family and I went up there with my cousins and had that experience. Uh, but I will tell you, when I, was, when I was six and I went to Mexico for that year and I came back, Actually, I was five and I did first grade out there and I came back. I forgot English, like completely <laughs> forgot it because I hadn't <laughs> spoken in a year. And, and then, you know, I remember starting first grade and being so nervous and not knowing the language. And it was raining that day. My aunt, who was my teacher's aide in that actual my classroom, she was the teacher's aide, the aunt that I lived with, my dad's sister, she made me take my shoes and my boots off because my shoes were wet and I was so embarrassed. People were going to see my feet and I didn't speak English. Like that moment, it was just like encapsulated in my mind. I was traumatized. But I think 
it, you know, I picked it up very, very fast because it, I already had learned it before. I grew up with, I told you my cousins were half uh, Caucasian and half Mexican. So they didn't really speak Spanish. And I lived with them when I started speaking when I was one. So I literally picked up both languages at the same time. My parents didn't speak English. My cousins didn't speak Spanish. So for me, it was very normal to be speaking two languages as soon as I started speaking. And that also was a big blessing, I think, you know, un unforeseen, not, not knowing. But, but no, I love the whole back and forth. In fact, that's all, we, that's all the traveling that we got to experience as a kid was going to Mexico. And it wasn't so much that we were traveling. It was like, we're going to go visit family. We're going to go with your grandparents. We're going to go, you know, it was more that. So I'd never really gone left outside. I'd never gone anywhere else until I was 21. But I think it's always been my dream to travel and meet other, other uh, people from different languages and cultures. And so as soon as I could at 21, I jumped on that and, and started traveling. It's just too, it's just a part of who I am. I'm an adventurer. I love, I love that. So for me, it was great. My kids, on the other hand, I think they're more stable. They want more stability. It's just, you just gotta, you know, know what kind of kids you have to see what they can handle, I suppose. But luckily, I, I, it, was, it was fine for me. <laughs> so it seems like 2001, 2002 is really where you kind of establish yourself as an actor, getting, you know, Double Team, Brothers Garcia, mm. and Buffy all around that time. I don't know if you remembered it as, you know, kind of life changing at the time, but looking back on it, you know, what kind of experience was that? Wow, that's a very good point. You're right. That is when I started working. Um, I tell you, right before I started working on all those shows, I moved out of my out of my house. And I think uh, that probably helped a lot because it made me focus more on what I was doing and hustle, hustle to make ends meet because I couldn't I couldn't prove to my dad that I you know, I could make it if I really couldn't make it. And then I'd have to come back home and go to university. You know, So it's like, I have to make it. I have to work. And um, I think um, you have your struggles, of course. You know, you're not working, you're working. Luckily, commercials always paid really well. And that helped me survive. And then I, soon after, I booked this TV show in Australia. And I was out there for I don't remember how long I was at there, a couple months, maybe three months. Um, and that allowed me to move forward financially and kind of keep pursuing. But, um, oh my God, what exactly was your question around that time when everything started opening up? What was that like for me? Yeah. Yeah. At the time, just balancing, I don't know, you know, this, in terms of schedule when all those were being filmed, but it seems like those kind of few years were kind of crazy in terms of work. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I got the ball, the ball rolling. I think, you know, um, you know, when I, I remember vividly going to the beach because I lived right by Venice Beach and, and going one day and saying, you know what, I just have to let go of everything and allow destiny to take its place and do my best if I get the opportunity when it comes. And the moment I just let all that go and I had worked, I had done, you know, double teamed in Brothers Garcia, but but not enough like you want as an actor, maybe like a couple jobs a year, a couple commercials, but the rest of the 10 months, you know, what? So yeah. as, as, as I let that go and work started rolling in, that's when like, when Buffy came in, you know, and, and yes, you're right. It just kind of, it started just flowing in, you know, the work started flowing in everything that I had kind of put out was kind of coming back, which was great. Um, and I, yeah, I really, I enjoyed it. I think Buffy was a turning point because, um, I didn't expect to, you know, it's actually funny. I, I realized that I took a piece of, someone told me to do this one of my acting teachers, she said, take a piece of a yellow notepad and get a red pen and write down everything you want as if you're living it now. 
you know, like, oh, I'm on a series, blah, 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 just the life that you envision. And then you read that in the morning, you experience it as, it's, as if it's happening, and then you put it in your closet and you forget about it and you let it go. You come home mm-hmm. at night, you read it again, you experience it again, and then you let it go. And I actually wrote on there, I want to be on a series for only 13 episodes uh, to experience what it's like being on a series, but not necessarily getting stuck in it in case I just, I kind of wanted to, you know, try it out. And I want it to be a series that's already a hit so that I know. <laughs> and, it, and I went and saw that paper like years later, because right after that, I, I got Buffy, which was exactly what happened. Like 13 episodes, popular show. I went, holy cow, like I really have to, hmm, I need to do this again. <laughs> Remember what I'm, what I'm writing and be careful with the de- details of everything, because I, I do believe what you put out there. And if you, if you have no doubts and you really believe that it'll happen, it has to happen because, yeah. because you know, it's going to happen. It's there's just, no, it's the kind of the law of the universe. And, um, and so no, yeah, that was a, there was a good, those were probably my favorite. My twenties were definitely my favorite. Yes. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed my twenties. Um, being independent, finally coming from a very, you know, Catholic and strict household and parents and being independent and then working and not having to do really anything else was a, big like you know blessing because it's hard to not have to do anything else in this business yeah um but yeah and then <clears throat> i don't know i took like a 15 year hiatus and and now i'm coming back so we'll <laughs> see <laughs> no i th- i think you had the best of both worlds there like you mentioned being a guest star on an established show but not being locked down to that show when you eventually want to do something else it really worked out perfectly and you know teed you up nicely I have to talk about the Brothers Garcia because somebody <laughs> growing up like myself, I love that show as a yeah. kid on Nickelodeon. It was one of my favorite shows. I know, you know, you're only there for I think two episodes, but do you have any memories about being on the Brothers Garcia? And I think it was the first, if I recall, it's the first English language show that had all Latino cast, producers, directors, which is kind of crazy how formative wow. and, you know, ahead of its time it was in terms of showing diversity on the screen. Hold on, Iari. Think about it. You've got some great photos on your phone, but what are you doing with them? If you don't have FreePrints yet, you've got to get it. FreePrints is a free app for iPhone and Android that lets you print all of those photos, yes, for free. You get a thousand free four by six photos a year, and all you have to pay is a small shipping fee. You can even print photos at other sizes for next to nothing. FreePrints is one of the world's favorite apps. Download it now at FreePrints.com and start enjoying free, professional quality prints. No subscriptions, no commitments, just free prints. Again, go to FreePrints.com to get the app and your 1,000 free prints. And now, let's get back to the show. That's a very good point. I don't think I had realized that. Um, oof, I didn't know we were going to talk about Brothers Garcia. I totally didn't <laughs> forgot about that show. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're um, way back. You know, it's a yeah. very brief point in your IMDb, but I just not, had to mention Not it. way back. Not way <laughs> back. <laughs> um, you know, that, that show, it was really fun. It was, it was fun doing that show, but it was at a point, you know, at that time when I did the show, I think I was 23 maybe. And I was playing high school. And I think 
I was insecure about that. You know, I was like, oh my God, do they know how old I am? But everyone here, they're really like 16 and 17. And oh my God, like I hope they, it was just this, this insecurity and this like voice in my head, you know, which I also, I, I you know, I was like, I'm going to blame my mom for everything. But I also grew up with that, with that, you know, always hearing my mom saying, I'm so old, I'm so old. When she was 27 and she had my brother, she felt <laughs> really old. She said, how can I go to the hospital and have a baby at this age? So in my head, when I turned 25, I was like, that's it. That's the end of my life. <laughs> so, but now I'm completely have a different, you know, out, like just point of view on all that. But back then I remember like, uh, uh, trying to fit in in this like age with the rest without letting them know that I'm older. And, but I've always been really young anyway at heart and my energy has always been very young. So, and I, my look has always been, well, was very young. I always looked young. So um, I had a really, really good time. Funny thing is that I didn't really audition for that role. I auditioned for, uh, I had auditioned a couple times and I always had done really well, but I just, I guess it wasn't just, just wasn't my my time for the role and this one that i actually auditioned for was for the cancer girl you know yeah and and uh it was up it was up against someone who i was up against all the time and <laughs> she was very competitive <laughs> and um and she did something in the room that blew them away like oh no wait a minute that's another show i'm talking about it was around the same time rose garcia and another one very similar, but no, but she actually did get the, the, that, you know, that role also. And because I had auditioned for that role, but I didn't get it. They offered me that, you know, the, the mean girl role or whatever that, you know, and, and, you know, it was actually really fun. I, it was a little, it was a little down because I didn't get like the bigger role, but <laughs> you know, which I really wanted. And, but, but it was really fun playing the mean girl, which I don't think I, I've ever done. <laughs> I had forgotten I played the mean girl. Wow, you've really taken me back. Let me tell you. <laughs> and and it was fun. Yes, I remember very vividly. <gasps> I felt really bad every after every take. I felt like God. I'm such a you know witch. Curse, <laughs> but God, I, I feel so horrible for this poor girl. Um, I felt really guilty, but but it was fun. You know, it's funny that you do that. That you feel bad even though you know you're acting. <laughs> you know. <'Cause, laughs> you take your role so, so seriously. I don't know. And, um, but I guess it's a good sign to feel bad. It means that you really mean what you're saying or that you're really there, you know, in the moment. <laughs> but, um, but yes, that was a great, I remember meeting that sweet girl also from like make a wish foundation that, you know, it was her, it was her wish to be on that show because it was her favorite show. Mm -hmm. And there she was. And that really touched me, you know, that, that they were, that they were fulfilling her wish and that, she was having that experience. And so to have been part of that was really, really beautiful. I think I'm, I'm very happy that, and you're right, kind of before their time, the whole Latino, everything, you know, cast, well, the whole ensemble. I didn't know that, yeah. but now that I reflect back and you're bringing me back and I, more and more information is coming back to me, <laughs> you know, what a great, what a great show. And it's nice to hear that that was one of your favorite shows. I think I may actually search for it and show it to my kids, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I think it's probably aged very well. Uh, moving on mm -hmm. to Double Teamed, which is, of course, mm -hmm. why we have you on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> do you remember anything about the casting process for the role of Zoe? And did you know that it was based on a true story going into it? I don't think I knew it was based on a true story. Um, and I know, I believe that the role 
may have been written for like an African-American, or at least I know that it, it came down to two of us, uh, an African-American and, and me, Latina, you know? Um, so that was kind of cool to, to, you know, it was, it was a little harder to get Latin roles back then, especially um, a role like Zoe Gold, which wasn't particularly Latina. You know, same thing as Kennedy from Buffy, where it, she was a Jewish girl. And yeah. and <clears throat> to be able to like, yeah, to be able to <laughs> to pull in something in like that was very rare because I always went out for very stereotypical Latin roles and I always had to have an accent. And I always, <laughs> you know, there was, there was moments where I was supposed to test for stuff that got canceled because I didn't look Mexican or my skin wasn't dark mm-hmm. enough. And it was just this constant, back then it was de- very difficult for me um, in, in this whole industry because I never was Caucasian, but I never was Latina enough for them. Um, so this was a big blessing for me because it was just kind of about, it was, it was uh, about the character. It was about Zoe Gold. It wasn't like, you know, it was just like, who can, you know, show me this, this quirky, outgoing, you know, friendly girl who's a drama geek and yeah. is passionate is passionate <laughs> about what she does. And I just had fun with it and I, I couldn't wait. And and I remember when I finally got the call, it was like, okay, between, there's two of you now and we don't know. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then when it came through, it was so exciting. And, and I loved the role. Like, she, you know, she's just so eccentric and, and, and out there. And, um, and I think I was kind of like her a little bit. I wasn't that, I was more shy. Zoe was more like, this is who I am. And, you know, and, and she kind of spoke out and she was not shy, I think, <laughs> but, um, but I was also kind of a drama geek in, in high school. Uh, but like mo- more, more on the down low, you know, it wasn't like out there. She's like, come audition for drama. No, it was more like, I can't go into my drama now. Like, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but that was a really, I think that was my first, if I'm not mistaken, like, like lead role, you know? Um, and that was exciting. It was exciting. Cause that's when I felt like things started, started to move or like things were heading in the direction where I wanted them to head. And, and that kind of opened up, I think maybe that started opening up doors for me and it was so fun. It was such a fun role to play. It was, and everyone was very nice and, and, um, I have good memories and then you can't beat my, my wardrobe. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I love the hair. The hair is what really stands out. The hair. Oh my God. (laughs) The hair. I know. And then how short I was or how short they made me look. I mean, I am short, (laughs) but they made them look giant so that I look. But compared to them, you know, they're like six feet tall. Right, right, right. Well, not in real life. I mean, they, real life. The, they are. The actors aren't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they had to put them like on apple boxes and I had to like pretend I'm looking at this huge giant, you know? <laughs> and that was, <clears throat> that was funny. That was really funny to be like this tiny little nerdy drama kid going, whoa, <laughs> you're so big. Sorry. You know, it's like, just like she doesn't think that is something that I have in common with Zoe is that I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I grew up never thinking before I spoke. <clears throat> And it got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was pretty easy to like slip into that, that part of her, you know. Did you ever get a chance to meet the actual sisters, Heidi and Heather Birds? Did they ever come to set? Did you ever get to interact with them at all or no? No, I'm not aware if they ever did come to set. Um, because I didn't work as often, obviously, as the, as the leads and many of the other actors. But uh, it would have been great, right, to meet the actual live Heidi and Heather. Yeah, I'm not sure. I want to say 
you know, that they may have. I mean, I think that that would be something that you, especially if you're playing Heidi or Heather at some point to meet who you're, yeah, of course. But no, I didn't, unfortunately. (laughs) But what a great story, right? And the fact that it's based on a true story. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any familiarity with these Disney Channel original movies before you had signed on? I know you were in your 20s. Maybe you kind of aged out of those kind of movies. But you know, for <laughs> me, anyway, they were so formative, so inspirational. They kind of showed everyone's you know, story on the screen, no matter what background you came from. Wow. I love it. And now I wish I hadn't missed out on it. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I, was, I, was in my, was, I was in my early 20s. Yeah, probably would have been weird if you were watching them. <laughs> because you know I was a huge Spongebob fan and I never missed an episode so (laughs) if I would have known like you know if I would have known of these movies I'm I I mean I I like them now why not no I I I just think I wasn't aware of um of them you know I kind of would just turn on the tv and see oh Nickelodeon Spongebob or oh these movies But uh, I probably would have been a fan if I had watched them. So, but, but no, to answer your question, mind you, I had only lived on my own a couple years. And before that, I lived at home up until I was like 20, 21. So we never had cable. So we never had Disney. We never had Nickelodeon. We didn't have any of those. We just had basic, you know, local channels. So yep. I never, I never grew up watching Disney. I was deprived. <laughs> <laughs> So now with Disney mm-hmm. Plus, you're able to kind of watch all these movies. Have you gone back and watched Double Team yourself? Have you shown your, you know, your kid Double Team or anything like that or no? Yeah, can you actually watch Double Team now? Like, can you stream it on? Oh, I didn't know that. I had no yeah. idea. Um, <clears throat> well, now it's like, it's like we jumped <laughs> that whole section of, of, of TV and media because yeah. now that my kids are at the age we don't really watch TV. We watch Netflix and, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know, anime or animes. My daughter watches animes and my son is addicted to SpongeBob again. Really? Wow. mm -hmm, It's funny because I used to tell, well, my boyfriend at the time, I used to, we used to talk about how our kids, how we were going to show our kids SpongeBob and they had to know SpongeBob. He was, I didn't marry him, but who would have thought that like what I said, I'm telling you what you say and you put out there, it comes true. I said that, and there you go. My son is obsessed. He will watch every episode a thousand times. I think he knows every single one. He's only seven. Like, he knows <laughs> every episode by heart, you know? And he's like, mommy, mommy, in this one episode? Yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. But, um, but no, I, I, you know, I probably should start looking for some really good movies to show my kids. We're always looking for good movies to see as a family, and it's, it's difficult because my, they're, five, they're five years apart. So finding something that they both can agree on and that me and my, well, I live with my mom now, can agree on, um, or she lives with me, it doesn't matter, <laughs> um, is difficult. But I think Disney might be a good option. That might, might be a very good option to find some really good Disney movies, classic movies, new movies, where we can all yeah. have that same reality and enjoy something together. Thank you. I'm getting a lot out of this interview, let me tell you. <laughs> Happy to help. And uh, I'm just glad that SpongeBob is continuing to be watched. That was one of my favorites <laughs> as a kid. I still watch it into my late 20s. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, me too. I, I, it's definitely one of my favorites still today. I mean, I have many other things to do besides watching SpongeBob, but <laughs> if I had to watch something, yeah, I definitely could, could enjoy it still. It's, it's a good show. I like it a lot. I'd love to voice something like that in the future. <gasps> 
you know? Oh, yeah. Actually, oh, yeah. my daughter auditioned for Sandy Cheeks in like the new movie or something. When she really? Did yeah, but that would have been amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I have to ask one quick uh, Buffy question for you. Yes. And did you, when you had done that, did you realize how passionate that fan base is? And even, you know, decades later, they are, you know, that fan base is obsessed with that show and they, they're craving Buffy content, you know, Buffy, you know, whether it's at Comic-Con or whatever it may be. Did you realize what you're getting into with that show? Had absolutely no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so it was a nice surprise. I think sometimes the best things in life, they come unexpected and they surprise you. Um, I had no clue. I had never watched Buffy ever. Um, I didn't, I had no idea the following it had, the fan base, how it was going to continue to be as popular as it is, how loyal the fans are. I mean, the whole thing has just been surreal to me and, and a blessing. I mean, what, how many years later is it now? I mean, well, when I was on, it was like 13, 14, 15 years, but the show started over 20 years ago. Right. Thank you. Yeah. 2003. So, um, to this day, I mean, last year I did a convention in Paris, you know, I did one in, in Scotland. It's just, it's, it just continues. And I'm wowed. I'm wowed by it. it. It obviously the writing is, is, you know, like second to none. It's just phenomenal. And, um, and I never expected something like that to happen to me. And since I did take this 15 year hiatus, it's kind of cool to, to know that I still have, you know, coming back, I'm not like super, super nobody, you know, I'm not like <laughs> almost starting out. I'm, I'm starting out again, but I still have some, you know, uh, it's nice to know that I still have like people and followers and fans and that people still know who I am 15 years later, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. yes, it's, it's, it's been a blessing. I'm very, very grateful for, for Buffy, for all of it. Yeah. Uh, Iari, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I know my listeners would be oh. curious as to what you're up to now. I think you're recently in mm. How to Get Away with Murder, you know, mm. with uh, Viola Davis. That must have been some experience working with her Oof. and Good Girls. Uh, where can my listeners find you? Um, well, I have a, a new website. Someone just uh, finished doing a new website, which it looks pretty good, iarilimon.com. And you can also find me on my, on my Facebook is iarilimon.com and Instagram, iarilimon, just my name, Instagram is all three of them are my name so you can find me there and yeah you'll find more about the about the movie and you're right it was a dream to work with viola davis one of my favorite favorite actresses ever <laughs> so that was a gift oh my god it was a nice way to come back right i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna i think i want to go back to acting after like i swore i wouldn't do it ever again i'm like no no i have to do it and then bam i get to work with this phenomenal person <laughs> so yes uh, I'm, I'm very only Viola Davis could bring you out of retirement, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a beautiful person. Let me tell you, <gasps> just a beautiful person. Yeah. Very humble, very sweet, <laughs> warm, and loving, you know, I love, I love, I would have felt so intimidated. <gasps> you know, she doesn't, she doesn't make you feel intimidated. I did. Oh, trust no. me. When we were rehearsing. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. <gasps> oh my God. But like <laughs> when we were sitting down in the heaters at, at night and I started to talk to her, like she makes you feel so like, uh, she's just so humble and sweet that you just feel so comfortable with her and normal. And I even, I even, I never asked to take pictures with anybody because I'm not really starstruck. I, I, there's really no one out there that I can be like, oh my God, it's that person. I mean, it used to be Robin Williams. <laughs> I, it was my dream to work with him. Yes. That was very, very sad. But now there's not really, maybe, maybe a couple Meryl Streep. I don't know. But you know, normally I'm not, and I never take pictures, but her, I said, can I take a picture with you? And <laughs> do you mind if I post this, which 
I never would have, you know, and she's like, yeah, go ahead. Like she's just so <laughs> earthy and warm and real. She's real and yeah. she's so down to earth. So um, she doesn't make you feel like that at all. And to meet people that are so successful, to meet people as wonderful and beautiful, like as, you know, human being as she is, to see them being successful just makes me, it just always puts a huge smile on my face because I've come across some, you know, pretty um, not so nice, very successful actors. And it's sad. It's sad that they're that way, you know? Yeah. So to meet someone as, as successful and as famous and popular as her and to see how, how wonderful she is as a human being, it just, it's just, I love it. You know, I'm very happy. It makes me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think like her, Meryl, Tom Hanks, it doesn't seem like fame has changed them at all, which is great to hear. I haven't met him yet. <laughs> Tom Hanks is on yeah. the list, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's on the list now. If you tell me that, Ooh, okay. it's good to know. <laughs> I just had uh, five quick rapid fire questions to end on if you're ready. Oh, shoot. <laughs> all right. I've never done it in my life. Uh, any TV shows you're currently binge watching? <gasps> oh, my God. So I just finished watching uh, Elite because I was told to watch it because I just finished watching Casa de Papel, which I loved. <laughs> Casa de Papel is like the last, I think, show binge watched. I got to find a new one now, so. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, favorite restaurant in LA? Uh, favorite restaurant in LA? Probably uh, Stella on Sunset. It's a little French restaurant, Stella Cafe. Awesome. Uh, we're always touching on, you know, different Disney Channel original movies on this podcast, but what was your favorite kids movie growing up? Kids movie. Ooh, never ending story. <laughs> nice. <laughs> My favorite movie is never ending story. <laughs> have you seen it? Please tell me you've I seen it. I have not. This is going to be, this is on oh, my list now. Young. This is on my list Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally aging myself. Okay. Well, my kids have seen it. I forced them, so. <laughs> uh, considering Double Teamed was a basketball movie, did you play any sports growing up? Did you have familiarity with basketball, you know, as a kid or no? Not at all. I was not a sporty kid, not because I didn't have the ability. I was just very insecure and shy. And the first time I think I played a sport, I didn't hit the ball and I was embarrassed. And I thought I never want to be on any team because I'm never going to hit the ball. So I always, I joined a drill team instead and did other things. So I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have to do sports. <laughs> yeah. But my daughter is, loves basketball and she's very good at it. So it was not sporty. But I think had I had the right people and motivation, I could have been very sporty because I think I'm, I'm very athletic. I didn't know that, but. <laughs> Real team. I think we could have had you on the Cadet Kelly movie with uh, Hilary Duff and Christy Carlson Romano. Maybe you would have been perfect for uh, that one. I don't know if you got a chance to see that one, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, last one. <laughs> mm -mm. Send me a list yeah. and I'll start watching them. Uh, last one. If uh, <laughs> Disney approached you about a potential double teamed sequel, maybe where now Zoe's a, maybe a famous director now and she wants to make the a movie within a movie of the twin girls growing up you know and becoming these WNBA successes would you sign up to be a part of it yes <laughs> i love where you went with that yes 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 i love when it's really meta you know the movie within a movie you know kind of entourage yeah. type of stuff you know so can we can we make can we propose this to disney is there a way i think i think we should do this you know we could cut out you know we'll leave your agent to the side i'll i'll handle this from here uh, perfect done <laughs> sign me up i'm all in <laughs> uh, Yari, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I really thank appreciate you. your time. Oh, it was it was so fun. I loved it. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank my guest, Yari Limon, for coming on the podcast. And again, next week, we're going to be covering Double Teamed, one of the all-time classics. I'd like to thank 
all the listeners for writing in to the relunchables at gmail.com. Again, that's the relunchables at gmail.com with movie suggestions to cover on the podcast and a lot of guests you want us to have on. I'm not sure we could get Brenda Song and Frankie Muniz and, and some of these names. We've gotten some big names, but uh, these may be too big for the podcast. But anyways, keep writing in. We have a long list of movies to get through. But again, double teamed next week. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.